We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about navigating life, love, and relationships, one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 144 of Married Millennials. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day weekend. Hope all of you enjoyed your three-day weekend, but also I hope some of you guys took time to reflect and think about the current state and everything is going on. Dr. King's day always reminds me to kind of take inventory of where we are at as a country and looking back at the messages that he preached 50 years ago and seeing how some of those words still hold true today. And knowing that we still have work to do, and yes, things have have gotten better, but we can continue to improve upon our current situation. So just being more responsible with our thoughts, our actions, everything that we do. Dr. King, we salute you, we honor you, and we thank you for the service that you pay to our country and constantly reminding us to be our best selves and realize that we are more than just responsible for just ourselves. I just saw online that if, if Martin Luther King and Anne Frank were alive, they'd be the same age as Barbara Walters. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. That was my takeaway. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you just, people become frozen in time. So you just don't even really think about, you know, aging. But yeah, they'd be in their, in their 80s now. That's but. a trip. I didn't realize Barbara Walters was that old. Yeah. Barbara's been around for a minute. And then, and then the, the thing you realize about that, too, is we think so long, you know, how, how long has it been since Dr. King has passed? And now you realize that there's still someone, like Barbara Walters is a very popular figure. Yeah. You, you still know who she is. But realizing how much time, like what can happen in time. Like it's just, it's one of those like reminders, yeah. again, of, of, being two weeks from my 30th birthday and really realizing just how young I am and how much I still have to learn and and how much life can change. There's just so much. We put so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. I mean, Anne Frank was 13 when she passed away. Or was she, I guess she was killed, but she was 13 years old and she left a huge mark on the world. I don't know how old uh, the Reverend was exactly. He was in his 30s. I think it was late 30s, right? I do not know his exact age when he passed. I want to say 38, but I could be wrong. Yeah, don't quote me. I'm not going to state a number. But I mean, and it's crazy. But for certain people like Dr. King and Frank and others who passed away when they were younger, they just came to to this earth with different missions. Mm -hmm. And I think we can easily look to compare ourselves. Some of us may not be comparing ourselves to Dr. King (laughs) because Dr. King is special. But when you just look around in in general to people who are your age, it's so easy to compare and be like, well, look at all my friends who may be 20 or 30 years old and they have this level of success and you're not there at all. But we just realize that we're all on our different plane and we're here doing something different and what we're supposed to exactly. accomplish for the world. The season and the time may not be it. And I don't think everybody's supposed to affect the masses. Or I think that everything does affect the masses, but not in the way that you would think. So like gotcha. Martin Luther King, yeah, he was like reaching the masses, talking to people, 
to giant crowds of people leading protests, but there's other people out there who are talking to one person at a time. The, that one person's talking to another person. That one person's talking to another person. And then like two generations later, that person has the knowledge of this one person that made a difference in somebody else's life. And then that person is talking to the masses. Like you just don't know how your impact on somebody will affect the world or win. So just be your best self. And just because your your name's not published yeah. doesn't mean that you have a, a responsibility. And, and speaking of that, I was watching the the NFL playoffs this weekend and go Rams. I'm actually a 49ers fan, but since the Rams are an LA team and they made it to the Super Bowl, I'm obviously pulling for the LA team and Tom Brady is back in the Super Bowl again. Jeez, Tom's the goat. That's enough NFL talk. But, but goats. <laughs> goats. Here you, and Rams. Yay sports, huh? <laughs> yay sports. During one of the commercial breaks, they aired this commercial and it was talking about the teams that wouldn't be here and it was a first responder commercial and they took I believe it was 12 NFL athletes Mm -hmm. who had traumatic experiences or or near death experiences Mm -hmm. and they talked about the first responders and how the first responders showing up could have saved their life and they or did or they did yeah not could (laughs) have saved but, they left me there and I'm a ghost. No, but it, in some cases, yeah. it wasn't as as traumatic as, as some of the other cases. Yeah. But here you see just like one glimpse of an NFL story and then they flash the website. And so I immediately went to the website and I watched all 12 of the videos and they're anywhere from about a minute 30 to about two and a half minutes long. And here are these first responders who were responsible for saving some of these NFL players' lives. So you know who the NFL players are. Mm-hmm. You know, they're you know, making millions and they're living out of life, but if it wasn't for those first responders, you would have never known their name. So that just speaks to exactly what you were talking about is you don't know. There's a a lot of heroes out there that we don't know their names, but their messages, their stories, their impact could be a connecting link to someone who is extremely popular. Yes, exactly. That's all I have to say is that you just... Play play your part and be confident in it. And I don't know. I used to have a very big attachment to wanting to leave my mark and and you know people need to know my name when I'm gone. Like I had this really strong attachment to it. And the older I get, the more I'm like, actually, no, it's not really all that important. Well, what you realize is it's your ego speaking, right? And we are so driven, especially now with social media and the internet. Everything is Googleable, <laughs> and you, say that one more time. Googleable, <laughs> Googleable. <laughs> yeah. So it's you're constantly looking for you know, that that dopamine, mm-hmm. that release. Like, oh, look at me, look at me. You're fighting and amongst validation. the noise. Yeah, and and so you're 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 trying to just add yourself in, into that pile. And I'm very much the same way. Was guilty of the the same thing. And now I'm realizing is it's not the I'm not concerned any longer with leaving this lasting legacy that everyone knows. Where I'm at is I want to leave a lasting legacy with those who I impact and those who I come across and inspire. And it, and it again, this, it may not be for millions of people to see, but it could right. be for the but thousands, I, hundreds, thousands. I know you've already done that. Like I, I know that you've already done it. I know that I've already done it. People, I've had people come to me years later and say like, hey, that thing you said really helped me out with this. It changed my life. It changed the way I think about this. And and to hear even just one person say that, I used to be so much more arrogant when I was younger. Like, okay, I used to say, if I just help one person, that's enough. But I don't think that my heart was really 
there, I'm like, yeah, I want to help one times a million. Um, <laughs> uh, but my heart truly is there now. So like, I I feel happy now with the impact that I've made already because uh, I know that I've already helped and I don't say that to toot my own horn, but but I also know so many people that have helped me that maybe I didn't voice it to them. Unknowingly. Yes, exactly. So it's just, you know, we're we're all doing pr- a pretty good job here. We need to cut ourselves some slack. Well, it's just like the, the first responder commercial. Like I looked and it made me feel some type of way and it right. was a Verizon commercial and I was just like, man, it, it had me now. it had me going back to. I was like, okay, what can I what can I do? Like, it it, it had me retreating back into my thoughts and my actions uh-huh. off of a commercial. Right, these NFL players, these first responders, they have no clue who I am. But you never know what type of interaction could change someone's life and and that's where i'm getting to is i just want to be as beneficial and as purposeful as possible it was funny when joy and i sat down and preparing this episode we were just like we don't want to come on the show and just talk anymore yeah is that no we had a, a stretch there comes times where we just sit and talk and talk and talk because which is like fun but well, well yeah it's because yeah. you, you're we're supposed to release an episode Mm-hmm. And the expectation to release an episode every single Tuesday, you know. But we were just saying, you know, there may be a time where we come to sit down and record, and if we don't have anything beneficial to to speak about, it may just be a short episode, or we may just not put something out. But to just come and sit down and talk for the sake of talking, I I don't well, have any. Well, it doesn't serve us, and it doesn't serve desire you guys. to do it. Yeah, anymore. our audience. Yeah, we just yeah, you we want to be. Um, not informational. What's the word I'm looking for, Justin? Beneficial. Beneficial. Yeah, I don't want you to just be uh, random company on your way to work. Just like how, you know, this year I really want to focus on yes, openness, but but surrounding myself with a certain kind of energy. I want to be positive energy for you guys, and energy that's going to add to your day, not you know, take away. Definitely, and yeah. and there's the there's so much talking that's going on about a lot of major topics and so typical things that we would bring up. But I was like, I don't want to give energy to that. And there's thousands of people all across the internet, you know, giving their opinion and adding more fuel to the fire. And I was like, if it's just not beneficial to where we are at, or saying something that could benefit you guys as, right. as our listeners, then we're we're not benefiting anyone by right. just talking. So we're going to be more conscious moving forward with our topics mm-hmm. as, as, as best as possible. And there will be times where we may just end up talking unconsciously, but moving forward, making a really conscious decision, are you aware that we're not just talking, but we're sharing information and providing solutions mm-hmm. and speaking to, to, to matters that you guys care about. Yeah. And if we are just talking, maybe it's, we're talking through something, uh, like we have in the past, like when we've had our 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 disagreements, <laughs> if you will, because I do think those episodes are beneficial too. We hear back a lot from you guys on that, like, oh, I thought it was just me or whatever. So anyway, speaking of having more conversations that are fruitful, we have our Facebook group called Married Millennials. Justin is really taking a heavy hand to it right now and, and, and diving in and posing questions, getting involved in the conversation. And what we want Facebook to be is a community uh, for all of our married and and or engaged listeners to just kind of join a community of folks that are just like you trying to navigate a very similar situation and, and you know, let's connect. 
So if you'd be interested in joining that group, you can search Married Millennials just like it's spelled here on the show. It is a closed group. You have to submit a few questions to be approved to join the group. But once you get in, join the conversation. As Joy said, I'm posing a lot of the questions. But if you're currently in the group and you have questions that you want to throw out, by all means... Feel free to, to put we it out there. We love that, by the way. We, we want to see how your brains are working. Definitely. Like, yes. This is not a, a Love Jays or Justin and Joy thing. Right. This is a a need that I have seen, that we've seen, that you have seen across the gamut of, of a space where married folks, millennials could come together and just commune with each other mm-hmm. in a positive and healthy environment. So this this group is very much your resource. It is everyone's resource. So feel free if you got a question, throw it out there and, and we can and talk through it. And of course, the weekly wellness newsletter is still on and popping. Instead of it being a weekly newsletter, Joy switched it this year to just a monthly newsletter, but it has weekly elements. Yeah. And that's why it's still called and the it's weekly bulkier. wellness. Yes, it is bulkier. So you need more time to get through it. And that's why it's still called the Weekly Wellness Newsletter. So if you are still looking to get a, a jump on your 2019, that resource is available for you as well to take advantage of. We also have the book club too. That's a part of the Weekly, the weekly Wellness Challenge. And I finished our book club book already. Yes, and it proud. is such a good book. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The amount of knowledge that is, oh gosh. He walks around quoting it. Like, he had so many epiphanies while reading this book. I think this was a a game changer for you. I think this book changed your life. 1,000%. I I think this is one of those reads. And I know exactly what that feels like when you go, oh, I'm different now because I read this book. And and it was being in the space to really receive Receive the words in the book. Yes. And that's what made it. Timing. Oh my gosh. The timing is it was everything. So good. So for those of you guys who are reading it right now, again for the third week, I'm not telling y'all the name of the book because you got to join the book club. It was to get, on our story to get access to it. Yeah. But it's just oh my gosh, such a good book. I can't wait for us to do the monthly call to review. I feel like the book. I want to let you lead it. Just simply because of how passionate you are about it. No, 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 no. This is I'm your thing. Also, yes, I'm also liking it. I, I don't. I, I'm not finished with it yet, so I can't speak on the book as a whole yet. Uh, I plan on finishing it this week. But Justin, I mean, he was like, "Let me know when you get to chapter." Like he was really and reading me quotes and be like, "Babe, babe, listen to this." Like I mean, just. <laughs> really diving in which is really exciting for me that I was able to actually you helped me pick this book you 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 did this thank you so yeah I mean this is all props to you and the fact that you've remained excited about it I'm really proud of you in your reading journey I really like you you've made it it's been a it's been a process yeah it has been a process and it was interesting we were talking about reading and I said when growing up reading to me, was always framed as a form of punishment or as a form of work. So when I was a child, if you had the opportunity to either read a book or play video games, I was going to play video games or hang out with my friends or watch TV. It was book, a book or reading was never positioned as something fun, something enjoyable. So I never had an inclination to read. And it's like now, you know, once I became an adult and I really understood, I was like, okay, there's things I need to know and I can't access this information anywhere besides a book. A book in school that you read and you're like, this actually, no, I like this. Oh, this is reading too? Okay, this is fun. 
not necessarily because it was always in the frame of school. So even okay. if I enjoyed the book, it was still an assignment from the teacher. Okay. And that, to me, was work. So, it was homework. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think it was fourth grade. In fourth grade, uh, we had reading time in the class, and the teacher would read us a book, and it was fantasy, and it was Ella Enchanted. Do you remember the story of Ella Enchanted? No. It's basically, uh, it's like a, a spin on a Cinderella story, but basically, not the movie, um, but it's, she kind of has to do what everybody tells her to do. Like she's under a spell, like a, a not an evil step, but somebody cursed her when she was a child. So basically her stepsisters figure this out and her evil stepmother, and they tell her what to do repeatedly. And this whole book is her having to do things that she doesn't want to do. Um, and then eventually she finds like her own will and breaks the spell and falls in love with the prince because... Cinderella. Um, but anyway, the teacher read this book to us aloud in class. And I just remember every time she got to a chapter, I didn't want her to stop. Uh, and that was kind of the first time I realized, oh, you can enjoy books. Got it. Like it's not... Not every book is like the ones that are assigned to you. Because I don't think I enjoyed a single book that was assigned you do you did you like Lord of the Flies? I feel like every guy liked Lord of the Flies. It was it was whatever. Okay. I read it. Piggy and the Conch. Yeah. <laughs> like nice. it I mean but I was like, oh man, this is a phenomenal book. I just remember sex to your asthma, which is like the kid the kid being like, Who cares about your asthma? <laughs> I was like, This is rude. <laughs> <laughs> Tween boys are the worst. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I love, I'm so passionate about reading. I think it's the best thing ever, but I also do think that you have to find what works for you. Had the teachers not read that fantasy book, maybe I wouldn't have discovered a genre that I liked because everything else was like, you know, Grapes of Wrath. Like, that's not God, that <laughs> horrible. fun reading for, you know. And I think that's what I always yeah. associated books with and yeah, reading like with. like the classic, classic w- literature. Exactly, yeah. and now understanding that I can enjoy and spend time reading and that gaining new knowledge is enjoyable. Mm -hmm. It is fun. And then it leads to conversations and opens your mind and leads to more creativity and discovery. Like this, how I just described reading, that's never how it was positioned in my life. So I was and so I will far say too, it took it. you time, even in your adult life, to find out what you like to read. Definitely, it really took you. But time. I, but I also knew for the most part what I wanted to read. I just never had the motivation to grab a book, to pick it up, and read. So it. I, I wouldn't really say I didn't you, you know did. what I wanted what was to read. That the creative habit you had on your nightstand for a long, like you started, you're like, this is so good, and then you just like never picked it back up. Yeah, I just I, <laughs> something. I don't know what it what it was, and I don't. I still don't know what I think the Audible moment really helped you too. I I don't know what the moment exactly was. I was like, okay, I this is the the trigger, and it might have been when I set it as a goal, and when I wrote it down, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to read six books or re- read eight books, and you know, put something that's like, oh, I can read one book every two months, and then I just saw the benefits that came from that, was able to compound, and now I'm about to finish my third book of the year and start my fourth tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's and it's January, you guys. This is impressive. <laughs> I just finished book five. I'm not saying that to brag, but I am. You are, you're like you're definitely <laughs> you're bragging. definitely saying that to brag. No, but the fact that you're on four books is like you're that's unheard of. It's 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 crazy. It's but, unheard of. But I'm but again, it, it's knowing that there's enjoyment that comes from it, and that's where I want to be able to express with friends and when we have kids to. to make sure I'm responsible 
with books and saying that there's there's like a world mm-hmm. through reading that you can unlock yes. that can really guide you through the world and whatever genre that is, if that's nonfiction, fiction, specific nonfiction genres, yeah. but something that gets your creativity moving. Yeah, and you've been saying that for years about like teaching children, uh, and I used to think in the back of my mind like, yeah, that's really cute and nice, but like you don't really read, so how would you teach? your kids to read, but now you're really reading. Like, I know that you will sit down and read too, and they will see their dad with a book. They will see their mom with a book, and they'll be like, all right, well, I guess I'll just guess we'll start reading this one open. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm really happy about that, and I'm really, truly proud of you, and uh, more than that, I'm excited for all the knowledge that you have gained and that you're going to continue to gain. We were having a conversation with a friend earlier this week, and they were talking about really just having a, a shift in careers, really. It was, they, they were going down one path and then life has unfolded in a completely different way and they found a new passion, but they were finding themselves not wanting to let down the people in their life that they've, that, that supported their original passion. And I was trying to explain like, it's okay to, to change, you know? And I realized that a lot of us are, constantly looking for permission to change and change is something that's so consistent and constant in life it's okay to have this thing that you really wanted so my dream used to be like for my entire adult life now has been I want to be a an author and I want to publish a, a fiction novel and I'm not sure that's what I want anymore and that's okay. Like it's completely okay. No one's going to beat me up for it. And the only reason why that's changed is because I think I'm a little bit more clear on what I want moving forward. And it just may not include that. That doesn't mean that it was wrong for me to have wanted that all those years and then not go for it. It just means I've changed. It's completely fine. What do you think drove you away from that path or what do you what do you see as one of your key motivators that I think deviates learning more about myself and what I actually want out of life and and my motivations for doing things so again you know wanting to author a novel part of it was to prove that I could right to have accolades for people to be proud and I think the one of the other motivators was I had quit dance and I danced for uh, like not 20 years but close somewhere to in there yes uh but my mom commuted with me an hour and a half each way to dance lessons for six to seven days a week, depending on the year, but most of the time it was seven days a week. Uh, and I went to college. I had a partial scholarship. I danced through college. And then it was summer going into senior year. I just realized my passion had completely died for it. I mean, like completely just, it was, I could not be resuscitated. <laughs> um, and I remember talking to, a a faculty member and saying, you know, I just, I don't have any passion for this anymore. And I'm, I'm going to be finished after I complete this degree, which is wonderful. (laughs) Hey, so I have to get my degree in this, but I'm finished. Like, you know, uh, it's a hard time to realize that you're finished with something uh, when you're getting ready to get paperwork for it. And the faculty member said like, oh, don't give up now. You don't want to quit. You don't want to disappoint everyone. And 
you know, you just need to push through it. And I, t- I told her I'd been pushing through for a long time. I didn't even realize how long I'd been pushing through it. And I told her, I said, I'm ready to be great at something. I just didn't feel like dance was ever going to be that thing that I was going to be great at. Uh, I was good. I was, I was plenty good, but I wasn't great. And I knew that I, I'm here to be great. N- not, not in the ego way, but to be of service in any real way, you need to be passionate. You need to love the work that you do. And, and I think dance can be very healing and wonderful and great. But if somebody's doing it and they don't want to be doing it, why, why would you either want to watch them or take a class for them or experience any kind of healing from, from what they're giving you? So anyway, I, I found the courage to walk away from that, had an identity crisis, uh, got back in touch with my love for reading. And then through reading, I started writing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love storytelling. And I still do. I still love storytelling. Um, but where I really want to be in service is in the realm of wellness and spirituality. And I think that I'm... I know that that's where my work is. My work is truly there. And now, does that mean that I still might write something? Absolutely, I still could. But the goal isn't I want to write this book because I want to serve myself. It's how can I be of service to others? Oh, this is the way that I want to do it now. And it just, I changed. Yeah, and what and what happens too is we oftentimes will formulate our careers or our decisions that we make based on preconceived thoughts or conditioned thoughts and responses from friends, mm-hmm. family, society, teachers. Yeah. Experience past experience to mm-hmm. continue to to move you forward and that's not always the case and for me I I'm still in a space of really learning exactly who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. And a lot of this book that we were reading for the book club talks about the ego. And I had been aware of the ego and its its problems when it's not in when you're not in control of it, but I didn't realize how much I was living life through the lens of an ego. So then I had to analyze all of my decisions, things that I was working towards it, was was I working towards those things based on ego or based on responses from other people? Or was I working on those things because it's something I really wanted in my heart of hearts? And that's where reading that book has just really opened my eyes to understanding and being okay that it's it's just a journey and accepting my youth and having a great partner like you to who's accepting of of that journey and realizing that it doesn't look the same for everyone and it's okay <laughs> and and it's and it's been an an interesting space to be in but I'm definitely definitely excited about what that change is going to look like and feel like and taste like. And I think I'm, what I'm also learning is sometimes you got to keep that change to yourself. Yes. Woo! That's a, that's a note. <laughs> and, yeah. And the reason I say that is there are some things I'm working on and I don't even know if I've really told anyone except for joy, honestly. And it's just like, I because if I share that information, now I am susceptible to everyone else's fears and thoughts and opinions and then yes. that moves into my head and now I'm like, okay, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this what where I'm at? And it's like, oh no. And then you start doubting yourself and that mm-hmm. could have been the, the very thing you're supposed to do but you started yeah. opening yourself up to everyone's interpretation and now 
you went away or you walked down a different path that you really didn't want to be on, mm-hmm. but got pressured exactly. to, to move down the path. And that, that's a, so that's a, a really oh, a big thing I'm starting to learn. That reminds me of the time I went to go get my haircut. Re- I remember I wanted to get my haircut. I was like 18, 19 years old. And I went and told my mom, I'm going to cut off all my hair. And she told me, don't do that. And I said, no, but I want to. Like, it's time. I want to be a new woman. And so she said, why don't you go to the wig shop and turn on, try on some wigs and see what short hair looks like on you. And I told her, well, I have a small head. It's not going to look like... It's not going to look like how an actual short haircut is going to look. So I tried on wigs. I look crazy um, because it's like the straight hair, short wigs. And I'm like, this isn't what my hair is like. Like you can't even see the scalp between whatever. So long story short, while we're there, my mom ends up buying me weave. And I had a hair appointment the next day. And I somehow left that appointment at 18, 19 years old with weave down my back. <laughs> and you wanted a short haircut. And I wanted a short haircut. But I had shared what I wanted prematurely because had I just gone and had her cut my hair, then, and then it would be like, oh, look, by the way, this is what I decided to do. Instead of sharing it and ending up and then not having the strength to stick with it uh, because it was premature and I didn't have the confidence that I th- thought I had behind it, I ended up with weave down my back. And I just remember looking in the mirror because I had an event to go to being like this isn't me. This isn't what I wanted. And, but, it, and it took you seven years to cut your hair? Yeah, after that. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. It's cra- imagine that. And I would say cutting my hair is really what spurred me into this version of who I am. Like, wow. it just, it really did. So I'm like, Dan, I could have gotten here a lot sooner. But it's like, isn't that crazy <laughs> yeah. to think that something so small could have derailed or delayed your life for seven years. Yeah. Just that small act. And yeah. if you go back and you know, some of you may be in a position, and I can currently be in that same position right. as going back and looking and saying, did I do things or have an inclination to do something but just didn't do it because and how yeah, I allowed has that myself, derailed? Though, the difference is that I allowed myself to be influenced by others. Whereas when I was old enough and and more comfortable with where I was in life, I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And I did it. So, and I, and I did it in steps. Remember I did a bob first. I said, okay. Cause I knew myself well enough to know if I just like was bald headed all of a sudden I would panic. So I did a bob and then I, and then I did like a straight short haircut and then I did the curly short haircut and it just took me time. And then I ended up, I liked the short curly hair, but then I didn't. And then I realized a lot of things about myself. I was like, oh, I'm actually not a super girly girl. And my hair added a little bit more femininity to me. But I really liked embracing that masculinity for that time. Oh, my God. I just, like, felt unstoppable. I was like, yes. Uh, But through embracing the masculinity, I realized that the femininity was just as powerful, just and just as present, but not everyone could see it. It was just an amazing experience. And again, I just, uh, unless you've cut your hair, you don't understand. You just don't understand. You, but you, you, I had to have cut my hair to understand all those things about myself and to understand how the world reacted to me. Because the other thing is, I hadn't changed that much, but people automatically thought I was a, a 
boss biatch, like, you know, like just intimidated by me, uh, thought I had all my stuff together. It's probably the most unorganized I've ever been in my life at that, <laughs> at that point in time. But it was just, it was interesting to see how the world responded to me and nothing had really changed. And I think that that really helped me understand that the opinions of others doesn't really matter. Like what matters is what I know to be true about myself and what I want out of my life. And all that came from a haircut. All that came from a haircut. Truly. All of it came from a haircut. It's so, it's so wild to see you know, what can happen yeah. with small little actions every day and how that plays out. And now you're on a completely different journey. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've realized is, is in reading is I have ch- the more I've read, the more I've changed, the more I've just gained more knowledge and, and have a broader presence and broader opinion or insight about the mm-hmm. world. And now it's forcing me to go back and question some of my things. So now right. I'm on a on a new path right. that I'm working through. But I wouldn't have got there if I never started reading. So was like, as you said about your haircut, I've been mm-hmm. saying since I've known you, I got to read more, I got to read more, I got to read yeah, more. Yeah, you have. At 18 years old, I'm saying I got to read more, but I didn't really start reading until I was 26. Mm-hmm. So how how much growth have I delayed yeah. by not picking up books? Yeah. Have no clue. And these are simple things that we're discussing, but I mean, you probably have something in your life where you've been meaning to do it or wanting to do it, and you're waiting for permission to other from others to do it, permission to go the other way, because you've been going this one way for so long, and you've had encouragement, and you don't want to let people down, and you want to change your mind, but you're like, hey, I need that same encouragement going this way, but you want them to anticipate it. You have to show people what you're, what you're doing and allow them to come to grips with it on their own but you need to be confident in the direction that you are moving for sure and it's also tough because we're so as people preconceived or or conditioned Mm -hmm. to judge everything and everyone who doesn't believe what we believe who doesn't act the way we act who doesn't dress the way we dress it's like oh you're doing this well i do this wrong yeah and so we just project all that judgment. And that's where I said there's some things I just got to hold quietly to myself or really just to you because I trust you that you will receive what I have to say and not put your judgment out there. Yeah. Now, you may be able to present another side of things to help me fully analyze something, but it's never a judgment. You're like, oh, this is, if you don't think this is it, then. There I trust have that. been plenty of times you have brought things up to me or said things, and, and I, you know, listen, and I go, okay. And on the inside, I'm like, he'll understand later. Like, like, oh, he just needs to go through this, or he needs to work his own way through this. This isn't something that I need to comment on. Like, there have been plenty of times in our, in our shared life together in these 11 years, I'm so happy, um, that, that I've... Uh, had those moments. And I think that that's also part of being a good partner of recognizing when not to insert yourself when it's like, okay, this is part of their individual growth. This is what they need right now. And you've been great with that too. Like when I come out here, you were good. You didn't say like, oh, actually I prefer if you keep it. Like you didn't put your stuff on me. And actually you were really encouraging. You were like, oh, women with short hair are sexy. Remember you said that? And then when I came home and I felt like, like a bald man. <laughs> you were like, you look so good. I was like, thank you. And you know, you don't want the val or you don't want to need the validation for others, but encouragement does help. So on the flip side of not needing permission from others and uh, not needing the validation from others, 
be a source of encouragement for your friends who are putting themselves out there and and showcasing their bravery and courage to live life to the beat of their own drum. So this week's challenge is to stop asking for other people's permission to be you. There's so many marketing materials and videos and other people's opinions who are directing all of us or pressuring all of us to be someone we're not. When we're scrolling through timelines and looking at these different pictures or advertisements, we're constantly saying, are we good enough? Is the the reflection that I am to the world good enough for people to say, all right, this person is is passable? Yeah, you're valid. You get a stamp of approval. Exactly. Done, done, done. This is it. Work on it this week. That's your challenge. And, and this is an ongoing challenge that I'm currently going through, that Joy is going through. But this week, really take some time and stop asking permission to be you. Just be you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you are loving what you're hearing, please leave us a review and, of course, share it with your friends. And as always, let's keep the conversation going online. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com. You will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.